welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. On today's program, we're going to tackle the issue of fraud. Many Ohioans have been victims of fraudulent activity on the Internet. Credit card fraud, bank fraud are just some of the ways in which scam artists prey on our elderly and the general public. We're going to talk about this issue with State Attorney General Dave Yost. Here are a couple of examples of some of the phone call scams that some Ohioans have fallen victim to in recent months. Let's go ahead and play clip one. To inform you that there is illegal enforcement actions files against you and your social security number has been suspected for illegal and fraudulent activity. We have received instruction to suspend all your bank accounts and social. So once you receive this message, call us back at 877-205-6961 and talk to the officer from Social Security Administration. I repeat for more information call us back at 877-205-6961 and talk to the officer right now. Thank you. (laughs) Of course, don't call that number. It's a fraud call, and uh, this was one that came in on my own phone, and I've talked to other people who have gotten these types of calls, obviously very threatening to people that receive these, but we're going to talk about this with uh, State Attorney General Dave Yost. Uh, Dave, here are just some of the examples that uh, people are experiencing, uh, residents in Ohio that have come in on their phone lines, and for someone who's elderly, or you know, maybe uh, they hear that where they're you know, uh, it's Social Security and that uh, your Social Security number has been compromised and, uh, you know, we're going to shut down your bank accounts. I mean, it's very frightening to a lot of people. Your thoughts on it? I'm just shaking my head that anybody could be so cruel. Um, It's obviously fraud on its face. There's a a few warning signs for me, and you didn't play this uh, for me Earlier, uh, this is the first time I've heard it, but right off the bat, uh, I noticed that there is no fair debt collection notice. Um, anytime you get a, uh, a legitimate call about money you actually owe, there's going to be a notice about who's calling and that it's an attempt to collect a debt, not that they're going to shut your bank account off. Uh, the second thing that I notice about this uh, is that it sounds like a, a government office, um, right? They're talking about an officer. Talk to the officer. Uh, well, who's an officer? A police officer? Uh, you know, an administrative, an administrative officer, some kind of official. Uh, and yet, they never identify who they are. Um, the fact of the matter is, uh, the government, anybody in power, is not going to call you and tell you to call them back about an issue with uh, the government, they're going to send you a letter. Um, And uh, if there is a telephone call, it won't be the kind that we just heard. It's going to be, hi, I'm Biswell Snork from uh, the IRS. Um, Could you please call me? Or from the Commerce Department or the FBI, God forbid. Um, but but they're not going to be calling you and leaving you a message that your your accounts are about to be seized. Um, those kinds, of, if there's a legal proceeding to do so, 
uh, or a contemplated one, those those notices are going to come in writing. Um, and uh, it's, it's just awful that, that they're doing that. Um, Social Security is never going to call you by telephone. They do their um, work by mail. Uh, and finally, never call back a blank number. Uh, notice that they never said where that is going to actually ring to. Right. Um, if it's a legitimate uh, group, let's say some lawyer who's been retained to actually collect a debt, they're going to say, call the Jones Law Group at blah, 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 um, not just call and talk to the officer at this number. If you have questions, one easy way to check on this, by the way, is uh, you know, if you think it's a Social Security or, a, or maybe I've heard some from, you know, this is you know, the sheriff's office, look up the sheriff's office uh, on the Internet. Uh, go to the site that's the official government website, get the phone number, and call that number and say, could I speak to the security officer that wants to talk to me about my bank accounts? Um, that, and you always find that it's not the number uh, <laughs> that was on your voicemail. Right. That- uh, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that you're savvy about this, Chris, and you didn't call him back. <laughs> well, again, we're talking with State Attorney General Dave Yost, and we're so glad you're with us on the program, Mr. Attorney General, to discuss this important issue. And, you know, some of the listeners right now, they've gotten those kinds of calls, and it's very frightening to hear about your Social Security. So if you're a retired person, you're on a fixed income, you're hearing someone saying, well, your Social Security number's been compromised, your bank accounts are about to be shut down, you're an elderly person living alone, you're hearing that, it's like, oh, I, uh, what did I do wrong? What did I, I be- Stop. Do not call them back it's fraud and these are sinister people and and you know check with a family member play back the message for them and like the attorney general said you know even call the sh- local sheriff's department about this call that came in it, you know to check on that if, if it, they're saying they're from the sheriff's department but again these are some of the legal tags they're threatening social security your bank accounts but it's very generic in that way as well they say the social security administration the social security will never call you on that they'll write they'll write you they know where your address is and if there's any issue they'll be putting it in the mail to you. So, you know, these are some of the things that you can do. And, you know, in our network, uh, Mr. Attorney General, we've had people that have had uh, credit card uh, fraud. We had one lady, she had to call us two different times to give us an update on her credit card. She's a monthly donor, a uh, modest monthly donor to the organization. But she said, you know, my I've had uh, two times in which my credit card has been compromised and uh, I've had to give you new numbers. And, and uh, you know, we've going back to some of our people. So, uh, this is out there. It's happening. And she's, you know, her husband passed away this last year, actually, because of COVID. And so she's kind of handling everything herself. And it becomes a little bit cumbersome. And especially that's that's who they're they're targeting, isn't it? Uh, you know, maybe the widow that's living alone or, you know, the senior person that doesn't really have somebody to kind of bounce some ideas off. Your thoughts there? Well, you're exactly right. Scam artists of any type are always looking for uh, somebody who's isolated, somebody who's vulnerable in some way. Uh, maybe they've been sick. Maybe, they, maybe they've lost a loved one and they're alone in the world now. Um, maybe they have lost their job. Uh, and, you know, the, the criminal knows that. And so they prey on those fears. Um, 
there are lists out there on the dark web that bad guys buy to try to find marks, uh, people who are vulnerable to a particular kind of scam. And uh, one thing I, I, you mentioned, to check with a family member, absolutely. But the, the, the sad truth is there are people who don't have anybody, um, you know, particularly some of our seasoned citizens, um, they, you know, they're, they're alone in the world. And so to them, I would say, call the attorney general's hotline. Uh, we are there. If you've got a call that you think may be fraudulent, we would love to know about it. We're collecting data to go after these people with lawsuits. We've been successful in shutting a few of them down, and we're working with other states and the federal government to try to uh, uh, develop new tools to go after these people because it's just pernicious. Uh, But if you're alone out there, uh, and need to ha- have a little bit of help discerning whether that call you got is legit or not, uh, call the Attorney General's office. Let us see what we can do to be helpful. Great idea. We'll provide that in an email when we send out uh, this um, uh, radio message to our membership as well. Let's go to clip number two. Here's another example of a fraudulent call. The package has been seized under your name by U.S. Customs and Border Protection with contraband of drugs and cash. So the moment you receive this call, press 1 to speak with the CBP officer. I repeat, press 1 to speak with CBP officer. Thank you. (laughs) Again, this one came in a couple of weeks ago, and this one was a little more sophisticated, Mr. Attorney General, because the day before they said, "You're, you're going to be receiving a package today between the hours of noon and 4, right? And no other information. I'm like, what? And it was like a message on my record. Then this one comes in the day after. We've seized the package that was in your names with drugs and, you know, whatever. Uh, U.S. Customs got it. And so, again, your thoughts on this fraudulent call? Well, I trust you did not press one. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Uh, Because what will happen is if you press one, you're going to go directly to a crook. Now, you might say, well, I'm going to waste, I know it's a a fraud and I'm going to just waste their time. Or maybe you think, well, I'm smart enough to tell, so I'm just going to press one to see what happens, to see whether, still don't do that. Here's why. I talked about the lists that are for sale on the dark web. If you press one, you just moved from being a low tier target to being a high tier target. We got them to we got them to nibble. Uh, it's like like uh, putting the uh, worm on the hook and, and tossing it in. Uh, you don't know whether there's any fish in that old fishing hole or not. But if that bobber starts moving up and down, even if you don't catch a fish, you're gonna you're gonna keep fishing that fishing hole. Oh my! And yeah. Uh, so it, it, under no circumstances respond to these things. Don't pick up and hang up. Don't press one. Uh, don't return the call from your, your voicemail uh, when they're vague like this. Here's the other tip-off to me, and, and Chris, you know I was a prosecuting attorney for years, and that's my background, so maybe I'm overly suspicious. But what does it prove if somebody sent a package to you in your name to your house? 
Uh, absolutely nothing. Uh, I could send a package to your house, Chris, this afternoon. Uh, you don't have to agree to it. You don't have to sign for it. You don't have to know about it. Uh, all that. Pr- the only thing you can prove from that is <laughs> that somebody sent a package to your address, which is probably a matter of public record through the county courthouse. Um, so th- this, uh, there has never been an investigative uh, effort uh, that relied on, on such a hokey and unreasonable uh, way to do an interview. Uh, let me tell you something. If you're really seriously a suspect uh, for having drugs shipped to your house, they will have other things in the file than the fact that there's a right. shipment to your house. Yeah. And there's going to be an agent knocking on your door in person with an impressive-looking badge and probably a partner who wants to talk to you. Uh, they're not going to ask you to press one. Well, fraud is a big problem, and I know that your office is all over it. And in fact, you supported legislation that was introduced in the Ohio Senate, Senate Bill 54. Tell us a little bit about Senate Bill 54 and how that's going to help with some of these robocalls of fraudulent activity. Well, what it will do is it will harmonize state law with federal law. Uh, there's certain things that the federal government can do in terms of tracking these bad guys down that we can't do under Ohio law. Um, but if we pass Senate Bill 54, it will enable us to have those same tools and we will be able, like the federal government, uh, to reach into some of these, uh, these, these scams. I'll tell you the other thing that, um, I, I'm, we're working on. You've probably read that a lot of these calls originate overseas. Yes, and so it's uh, frankly kind of hard for the Ohio Attorney General to sue somebody in Romania. So what we're focusing on now is we're working with the good players in the telecom industry, and there are uh, most of them actually, and we're we're going after the um, the checkpoints where these fraudulent calls are flooding into the American comm system uh, and the, the shady actors who will allow these, uh, these fraudulent calls through their systems, we're going after them. We're going after the, the uh, credit card uh, service, uh, merchant uh, services uh, people, uh, the vendors who enable these bad guys um, to stay in the shadows, and we want to uh, we want to send a message: don't don't call, don't put your calls into Ohio because uh, we're watching and we're going to come for you. Absolutely, we're talking with State Attorney General Dave Yost. We're talking about the problem of fraud in Ohio and how to get ahead of it and protect yourself at the same time. Mr. Attorney General, I want to turn the corner here just a little bit. Obviously, during the COVID pandemic, uh, the federal government provided additional resources to states for unemployment benefits. Ohio was one of those states, of course, that received increased funding for those who were unemployed due to the pandemic shutdown. Many people were put on unemployment and, of course, uh, to help alleviate some of the Uh, financial issues that people were facing. Uh, Additional funds were put into the Unemployment Bureau Fund. With that uh, additional money came the opportunity for fraud. Now, the administration was trying to get the money out to as many people. In fact, the the most 
applications for unemployment came in during the COVID shutdown last year in their history. And so it was, you know, even as they stated, it was an antiquated uh, computer system. They weren't really ready for that. And uh, there was lots of challenges with it. Well, fraudsters found a way to actually make uh, fraudulent claims in real um identity of people in Ohio. In fact, the state auditor said there was a claim made in my name. So people were using the identities of other Ohioans, and these were many of them foreign actors, and using a third-party bank to uh, request funds. And uh, the initial numbers are $426 million uh, in fraudulent payments through unemployment through just Ohio alone. Now, many states were fell victim to this. Uh, the full... Um, number isn't in yet because the state attorney general, I'm excuse me, the state auditor is conducting an audit. He has a, th- a third party group that's doing that, an independent group doing an audit. Uh, what What's your thoughts on the unemployment fraud uh, problem of uh, 2020? Well, I'll tell you, this has been a grind for me um, for years and years because the federal government uh, and therefore, it you know pushes the states into this policy as well as a policy called pay and chase. Um, now, it, it's a nice theory. It's a uh, a, uh, a charitable idea that if somebody's hurting and if somebody's having a, a desperate time, maybe going to uh, lose their home or not be able to pay their electric bill, you want to get the uh, assistance to them as quickly as possible. You don't you don't want them evicted or, or freezing in the cold uh, because the government is churning through trying to decide whether they're eligible. But when I was prosecuting attorney back in Delaware County, um, they would send me these cases of people that they felt didn't deserve uh, the benefits they had received long after the fact, months, years sometimes. And so now we have a poor person who's on the edge of, of survival, perhaps. And instead of catching it early, they've racked up $2,000, $5,000, $7,000. You know, they've never seen that much money in their life. And now they send it to me and want me to try to collect it or, worse yet, prosecute these people. Um, and it's pay and chase. Pay it and then chase it if it's bad. Well, once we got to uh, COVID, uh, they just continued that, and boy, were the thieves ready overseas, uh, here domestically, and the federal government couldn't shovel that money out fast enough through the states, and the states didn't have any option either. Now, I will tell you, a frustration is of mine is uh, I don't have any authority over this matter uh, under Ohio law, and the primary responsibility with this rests with the federal government, um, and they've got an investigation going, uh, but most of that money is gone, and, and we won't be getting it back, and most of the people that did the fraud probably aren't going to go to jail for it. Uh, it just makes my blood boil. I wish it was different than that, um, but it really starts with this cockamamie system uh, of pay and chase. Here's my solution. It's 2021. Let's make the government act in a sane way. Why don't we let people verify, let them verify employment 
uh, or tax information in real time uh, when there's an application. Uh, so, the, or, or just do the kinds of things that private credit card companies do, and e-commerce does to protect against fraud. Um, you know, it's simple enough to pick up the phone and call Chris Long and say, "Hey, Chris, <laughs> when did you lose your job? What? I haven't lost my job." That's right. Um, so I, I'm very frustrated by this. Um, it, it's a perfect example of the criminal world becoming more agile and inventive than our government. Well, again, we're talking with State Attorney General Dave Yost. We're talking about fraud. I want to turn the corner one more time before we close out, Mr. Attorney General. Voter fraud cases in the state of Ohio. Last week, we had the opportunity to meet with Secretary of State Frank LaRose, who gave us a tour of the facilities. He discussed uh, with his office um, about uh, how he is safeguarding against cyber attacks at the Secretary of State's office. One of the pastors asked him about voter fraud cases. He re- he referenced that in 2019 there were a number of cases of non-citizens voting illegally and others who cast a ballot in uh, two or more states uh, in the same election and that those findings were turned over to your office uh, for uh, reference and, and prosecution. In fact, uh, the numbers are 77 non-citizens who voted in, uh, in Ohio in 2018, and then also uh, 18 voters uh, for casting ballots in um, multiple states in the same election, and those uh, uh, voter fraud cases were turned over to your office. How is that handled then when it's turned over to you? Is it back to the counties for uh, prosecution? What's the process? Yes, uh, we do the investigation at our Bureau of Criminal Investigation and Identification. Um, all of those cases were completed within about six, uh, 60 days or so uh, of Frank's referral. And from there, the file goes out to the individual prosecuting attorneys who make a decision whether to prosecute or not. Um, we did have several uh of those cases that uh, were mooted, basically, because we couldn't find the people. They'd been deported uh, by ICE, uh, which was uh, not a bad thing to do. I would have preferred that they took a felony conviction and and spent a little bit of time in jail first before they got deported. But uh, most of the the cases were... um, found to be uh, warranted and were sent to local county prosecutors for consideration of charges. Well, that's part of the problem is that uh, when you get a county prosecutor that won't pursue the charges of voter fraud, that's where people don't take voter fraud seriously. One of the pieces of legislation that we're going to be supporting in the Ohio legislature is called a prosecutorial referral bill, and that would mean after six months if the uh, local county prosecutor doesn't uh, pursue the charges of known voter fraud, it would refer back to your office uh, for prosecution. Uh, we'd like to discuss that bill with you, and uh, I think it's something in which we could actually see some real action with voter fraud in the state of Ohio. Well, we would welcome the conversation. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Mr. Attorney General, for being my guest today. Thank you so much for taking time. It's wonderful to talk to you, Chris. God bless. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much for your service to our state. Well, if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon 